everybody. My name is Shauna, and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories. I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. In episode 31 of the podcast, my good friend Liz was a special guest for our Halloween episode. We talked about the origin of Halloween and all of the activities leading up to Halloween, which falls on the 31st of October every year. It was a really fun talk. Liz and I got to share some of the stories from our childhood, including which costumes we wore. We talked about trick or treating, pumpkin patches, scary movies, and all that jazz. So if you haven't checked it out yet already, that's episode number 31. This week, I'd like to do two things. First, I'm going to share some new random facts I learned about Halloween since the Halloween post. And two, I'm going to tell you my favorite scary story. Well, maybe not exactly my favorite, but uh, that I heard when I was a kid. And I don't think I'll ever forget it just because of the content. You'll see why. <laughs> the fun thing about this story is that I've altered it a little bit so that you can hear the use of the past perfect, which is also sometimes called the pluperfect. And I'll give you an example of that. I had eaten before we went to the party, so I wasn't hungry. So you know you went to the party and the activity that happened before uses the had plus past participle, eaten, I had eaten before, and therefore I wasn't hungry, right? So the party happened after you ate. So you'll hear this quite a bit, and hopefully by the end, you'll get a little bit of a better feel for how we use it in storytelling. And if you are interested in improving the way that you tell stories in English, and improving your ability to switch back and forth from present tenses to past tenses without any difficulty, I created a course called the Intermediate Storytelling Course that reviews all intermediate grammar and uh, teaches you how to tell stories effectively in English using correct grammar. If you want to sign up for that and be notified when the course is launched, you can do so by clicking on the sign-up link that is in the episode notes of this podcast or by visiting the episode page for this podcast episode. Once again, the website is www.americanenglishpodcast.com. So let's start with the fun facts I learned about Halloween. The first random fact about Halloween that I learned is that the White House passes out Halloween candy. Michelle Obama initiated this tradition, according to her book, Becoming, when she started working at the White House, she realized that it would take extra effort to make the lives of her daughters, Sasha and Malia, normal. So she decided she wanted to host a big Halloween party for kids at the White House so they would kind of get to experience Halloween. The original response from the senior advisor and Obama's press secretary was no. <laughs> they claimed it was too flashy. It wouldn't send the right image to the public. However, Michelle Obama disagreed and battled them until they, quote, stopped fighting. 
Here's a paragraph directly from her book about the first Halloween party at the White House. At the end of October, to my great delight, a thousand-pound pumpkin sat on the White House lawn, a brass band of skeletons played jazz music, while a giant black spider descended from the North Portico. I stood in front of the White House, dressed as a leopard in black pants, a spotted top, and a pair of cat ears on a headband. As Barack, who was not much of a costume guy, even before optics mattered, stood next to me in a humdrum sweater. Gibbs, to his credit, showed up as Darth Vader, ready to have fun. That night, we handed out bags of cookies, dried fruits, and M&Ms, and a box emblazoned with the presidential seal, as more than 2,000 princesses, grim reapers, pirates, superheroes, ghosts, and football players traipsed up the lawn to meet us. As far as I was concerned, the optics were just right. Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) So Gibbs was the senior advisor, and he ended up dressing up as Darth Vader. I guess if we're all under a little bit of pressure, we're all willing to put on costumes. Anyway, I recently finished Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, which far exceeded my expectations. Whether you like the ex-president's politics or not, the former first lady has a very interesting story about life before and after becoming the first lady of the United States. I listened to the audiobook, which she reads herself, and she does so very slowly and clearly. She's also articulate, meaning that she speaks in a very concise and direct way. She describes things very well, making it a good read or listen for anyone trying to expand their vocabulary, sound eloquent, and improve listening comprehension, which I know all of you are already working on. So um, yeah, let's talk about the next fact. The next one is about the day before Halloween. So Liz and I briefly talked about playing pranks and doing tricks as a Halloween event. Uh, I mentioned throwing toilet paper, which is an activity that's very common Halloween night, also known as teepeeing. When people teepee houses, they throw toilet paper on the houses and on trees. It's kind of a mess to clean up. And also we mentioned that teenagers sometimes smash pumpkins in California. But outside of these two activities, I wasn't aware of how much destruction was done in other areas of the United States until I borrowed a book from the library called Speaking American. And it turns out that pranking is pretty popular in some of the states in the northeast of the U.S. There's a whole section of the book dedicated to it. The day before Halloween, which is the 30th of October, has a few different names on the East Coast. The first being Mischief Night, which is called that by about 8% of Americans. Devil's Night by 7%. And in South New York, there's an area where the night before Halloween, where all of this mischief happens and playing pranks happens, is called Gate Night because it's common for teenagers to remove the gate in front of people's houses. So they take the gates off the hinges, right? This is the thing that connects a gate to a post. And they put these gates inside of trees or in the town square. There's also cabbage night is another way that it's referred to. And that's common in a large part of New York and in Vermont. 
and they call it cabbage night because it's common to pull cabbages from cabbage patches or from the area where cabbages grow and throw them at their neighbor's front doors, which is not very nice. It's a little bit more destructive than some of the activities I mentioned before, but uh, fairly interesting. So that's it. Uh, Let's move on to the story. And once again, before I read the story, if you'd like to sign up to the Intermediate Storytelling course, which will help you master tenses in English, you can sign up to that by going to the episode notes in your podcast player or visiting the episode webpage at AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. So let's go ahead and read this story. Long ago, in a small town, there lived an elderly woman in an old house. Her son and his wife, so her daughter-in-law, took care of her in every way they could. They cooked meals for her, took her for walks in the park, and even drew a bath for her in the evenings after supper. However, the old woman felt entirely capable of taking care of herself. She was proud And so on the overcast morning when her son and daughter-in-law told her that they would need to go out of town for a work trip, she reassured them how perfectly fine she would be on her own. It's only one night, she reminded them. If anything happened, she told them, she would have her faithful companion, a big collie dog, by her side to protect her. So the son and daughter-in-law packed their bags, pulled out of the driveway, and waved goodbye to the little old woman who was smiling back at them from the porch. As the old woman walked back into the house, she realized that this was the first time in years that she would eat dinner in peace. Nobody would comment on her need to eat more broccoli or spinach or drink more water with each bite. She heated up the meal that her daughter-in-law had made for her earlier that evening and ate slowly occasionally dropping pieces of broccoli on the floor for her dog who scarfed them up. After dinner, she took a nice relaxing bath, brushed her teeth, and put on her PJs that had been placed neatly on her bed. She crawled deep beneath the covers, trying to remember the last time she had spent a night on her own. In the dark, she watched shadows from the trees outside dance across the poorly lit walls, and the room started to appear bigger in the darkness. For a split second, she thought of how helpless she would be if someone entered the house. She hadn't grabbed a baseball bat, knife, or weapon to put by her bedside to protect herself, like most of us do when we're home alone on dark, stormy nights. I'm by myself, like I wanted, she reminded herself. She pulled the covers up to her chin, and stuck her hand out to let her dog lick it. Feeling comforted, she fell asleep. That is until midnight, when she was awoken by a sound. Something was leaking. Drip, drip, drip. Shoot, she thought to herself. It's coming from the bathroom. Her son hadn't had the chance to fix the leaky faucet before leaving. Thinking to herself that there's no way she'd be able to resolve the problem quickly, she decided to leave it until the morning. So she snuggled further down under the covers. Before falling back asleep, she hung her hand down by her bedside and her dog licked it. At two in the morning, 
she awoke to the sound of dripping once again. Drip, drip, drip. And once again, her dog licked her hand, letting her know he was there for her. At 2.30, she woke up again. Drip, drip, drip. It sounded like a door creaking open. Her mind raced. Had she locked all of the doors and windows tightly? Had she shut the window in the garage? That one over her son's workbench that was tricky to shut? What about the door leading from the garage into the house? Had she locked that? She couldn't help but let her mind wander. Then the sound came again. Drip, drip, drip. She could hear her dog rustle around beside her. She hung her hand down and let him lick it, giving her reassurance that he would protect her if anything went wrong. She lay quietly, hoping to fall back asleep. But after 30 minutes, she was so frustrated by the sound of the leaky faucet that she walked over to the bathroom. The door creaked a little as she pushed it open. Drip, drip, drip. There on the curtain rod, hanging above a puddle of blood on the floor, was her collie dog, dead. He had been skinned. The noise that had been waking her up was the sound of blood dripping into a puddle on the floor. On the mirror, written in blood, were the words, Humans can lick too. The end. Creepy, huh? (laughs) I'm sure you can understand why I remembered that story. Um, It's pretty frightening, especially, I think, as a kid, when you imagine already that there's boogie monsters living underneath your bed, or the possibility of someone entering your house. And then um, just the fact that a human can be licking your hand is so disturbing. Hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't enjoy it, I hope at least the use of the past perfect was helpful for you. I would go ahead and start listening to that recording again. And now that you understand the context of the story, listen for the uses of the past perfect. And I'll give you an example of that. By the time I moved to Spain, I had studied Spanish for eight months, right? So had studied, I studied for eight months, right? So that's the before event with that past perfect, had studied. And moving to Spain was, of course, the event that happened after that, right? Before I moved to Spain, I had studied Spanish for eight months, You'll hear many examples of this in the text. After you're done, try and create some sample sentences on your own if you want to. And once again, if you don't feel confident telling stories, sign up to be informed when the storytelling course is released. I'll teach you how to use the grammar through video, tell you multiple stories focused in on each tense, give you exercises, and then give you the chance to tell your own stories using each tense. Hope you enjoyed and until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. 
Thanks and hope to see you soon.